Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, the feds expand their investigation of the United Auto Workers with a nationwide series of raids. The Washington Post lets a radical leftist smear a conservative writer. And we remember philanthropist and libertarian idealist David H. Koch. We have periodically followed the ongoing fallout from the corruption investigation into the United Auto Workers Labor Union, which has already secured sentences against eight union and management officials. This week, the FBI, IRS, and Department of Labor dropped a major bombshell in the case, raiding locations in four states, including the homes of former UAW President Dennis Williams and current UAW President Gary Jones. For some background, the Fed started out investigating a kickback scheme involving Fiat Chrysler executives and UAW officials involved in the negotiations with the carmaker, allegedly to keep union negotiators, quote, fat, dumb, and happy in an alleged, quote, effort to buy labor peace. The investigation has since expanded, with another former UAW official facing charges for allegedly steering union-branded merchandise contracts for corrupt purposes. Williams had already been implicated. The Detroit News reported that Nancy Adams Johnson, a former UAW official now cooperating with federal prosecutors, had alleged that Williams, quote, directed subordinates to used funds from Detroit's automakers, funneled through training centers, to pay for union travel, meals, and entertainment. Also searched were the homes of a former Williams aide, the UAW Region 5 headquarters, the home of the UAW Region 5 director, and the union's UAW Black Lake Conference Center, where the union is building Williams a retirement retreat cottage. The timing of the raids is inconvenient for the union. Negotiations with the three major Detroit automakers are ongoing, with the current contracts expiring in September. Looming even more darkly over the UAW is the prospect of a Teamsters-style civil racketeering case, a possibility that while the government has not stated, observers suspect may be under development. If the government could prove widespread ongoing corruption, a federal suit could result in the UAW being forced to replace its leadership and to adopt anti-corruption procedures under the supervision of federal monitors. However, observers noted that the possibility remains far off. The government has not filed charges against anyone who was searched as of press time. Would, however, be ironic if the United Auto Workers, which back in the 1950s at the height of the Teamsters' corruption under Jimmy Hoffa and Dave Beck, was unusual among labor unions for its financial probity, defeating an effort by Senator Barry Goldwater and others to tie it into union corruption, ends up under Teamsters-style government supervision. Just because a piece is labeled opinion doesn't mean a writer can just print innuendo and falsehood. Or at least that's the idea. The Washington Post allowed a research fellow for a far-left watchdog group to publish unsubstantiated innuendo, implying author and recently announced visiting scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, J.D. Vance, was a white supremacist, until the paper was pressured into an editor's note retracting the claim. Marissa Brostoff, culture editor for Left Wing Magazine and a fellow for Political Research Associates, intimated in a piece attempting to link opposition to abortion to white supremacy that Vance's reference to, quote, our people in a discussion of birth rates referred to the racist conspiracy theory of replacement of white Americans by non-whites, writing, quote, Vance did not spell out exactly who was included in the word our. He didn't need to. However, in context, Vance was clearly talking about Americans regardless of race. The Washington Post issued an editor's note and revised the piece after criticism noting that fact. Brostoff's argument is not particularly well supported. It relies heavily on the statements of Representative Steve King, an Iowa Republican stripped of his committee assignments by members of his own party after he made racist comments earlier in the year, and neglects the well-established links between left progressivism and eugenics and population control. 
This sort of one-sided hackery maligning mainstream conservative figures is typical of political research associates, the self-described, quote, social justice think tank with which Barostov is affiliated. Political research associates arose out of the far-too-radical left. Co-founder Chip Verlay wrote for a number of far-left publications and associated with the far-left National Lawyers Guild. The other co-founder, the late Jean Harditsi, was a pro-abortion rights advocate for the ACLU. And in our final item, we remember the legacy of David Hamilton Koch, who passed away last Friday at the age of 79. Koch, who, along with his brother and business partner Charles, made up the Koch brothers of left-wing boogeyman fantasies, was an industrialist and a philanthropist, not only to free market and libertarian political advocacy causes, but also to museums, the arts, and cancer research. While Koch was probably best known for his political and advocacy activities, which ranged from running for vice president as the Libertarian Party's nominee in 1980, to funding right-of-center public policy groups like Americans for Prosperity, to sitting on the board of the Reason Foundation, publisher of the libertarian magazine Reason, he also contributed $100 million to open a cancer research center at MIT, and an estimated $1.2 billion to arts organizations and museums in his home city of New York. Koch's and his brother's philanthropy outside of political advocacy has driven numerous left-wingers into fits of rage. Greenpeace and other far-left organizations even created Uncoke My Campus to pressure universities into rejecting support from Koch-associated philanthropies. My personal favorite bit of David Koch's philanthropy, perhaps because it visibly illustrates how the conspiratorial caricature of the man did not match the genuine article, is his support for the David H. Koch Hall of Human Origins at the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. In an overwhelmingly left-wing city where stereotypes are all the average resident might know of anyone on the right, it must be at least somewhat incongruous to see the name of one of the Koch brothers on an exhibit on human evolution. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.